We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello. Johnny and I recorded about an hour-long podcast before the Cooper Cup news broke. This is, I'm saying this at 7.10 Pacific time on Tuesday night, so I don't know what the updates will be in the morning. I'm going to move our little unfortunate breaking news segment to the beginning of the pod here, Uh, so you will hear that first, and then we will get into the rest of the podcast. Also, uh, Johnny had to take this pod from his phone, so the audio may be a little choppy at times, but appreciate you guys listening and dealing with that, and he will be on a microphone soon enough. So here is us talking about Cooper Cup before we get into the main show. Steve, can I uh, be a Derek Downer right now? Yes. So we have a bit of bad news, a, a bit of bad breaking news right now. Uh, Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup has walked off the field with training staff during today's practice and didn't return. Based on McVay's comments, he said he looked like he came up a little bit in the red zone route. Uh, hopefully it's just precautionary measure, but um, to be honest, that's not uh, something you want to see from quite possibly your best player uh, and especially a guy that's recovering from an injury. So here's hoping he just kind of, you know, had like a little bit of a tweak or maybe, uh, you know, he he was having cramps or something like that. Something to the point where like they're just being overly uh, um, cautious, but uh, (sighs) not not an injury you want to hear from. No. No, Johnny, this is not how I wanted to end the podcast. Uh, I'll probably move this up to the beginning, honestly. this, uh, Yeah, that's brutal. Um, you never know how this is going to turn out. Obviously, the, the, bang, the, the Bengals yeah, had, a big, had a big scare with Joe Burrow the other day. Ended up being less severe than it looked, but was still bad. So, this is not cool. Um, I mean, we we talked a little bit earlier about Jalen Ramsey, uh, who was a significant acquisition for the Miami Dolphins, and now he's out until December, which is pretty much most of the season. So, um, yeah, you know, the, 
not not a good time to lose your star players before the season even remotely begins. Yeah, this is uh, it's tough. Um, yeah, by the time this comes out, I'm sure we'll have an update here. But uh, you know, we just obviously we hope he's fine. There's definitely a chance he's fine, but. Not the news I wanted at, at 10 p.m. Yeah, I, I I seem to be delivering depressing news lately. Man, all right. Well, I hope he's okay. Uh, I'm going to move this up to the beginning of the podcast so people don't have to wait an hour to hear about Cup. But obviously, you know, if this is severe, the outlook of this team and – where they want to go in 2023 is obviously drastically different uh, without one of the people's so. players. Yeah. It'll be a real depressing outlook if this is serious. Let's uh, hope for the best. And, yeah, I guess I'm moving this to the beginning of the podcast. So enjoy the rest of our conversation. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I went in there, I about threw up. I have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right? Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast. And I'm Stuart Barrow, here with Johnny Gomez as always. Johnny, camp has begun and we've had it all, man. Nagging injuries, coach speak, rookies being hiked up, retirements. I mean, what a week. What a week so far. No kidding, man. I... I, I don't know if this is what's to be expected for the rest of the season, but if this is the case, it's going to be one hell of a season. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I am adjusting my microphone volume here. I think this is good. It's been pretty wild. Uh, we're going to talk about some of it today, and we're going to wrap up our schedule preview here today as well. Last four weeks, 
Uh, my research made me really excited to talk about some of these last couple teams, Johnny. Uh, especially one of them, which we will get to. Uh, but the, <laughs> this is so insane. The biggest news out of Rams camp uh, is that recent signing, uh, returning running back, Sony Michelle has retired. Uh, we didn't get any reasoning why he retired, right? Uh, no, not really. Uh, it was just kind of, uh, kind of spontaneous. Yeah. I, there's a, there's a quote out there that says McVay said, Sony said his body was talking to him. Uh, 28 years old for Sony. Um, good career. He won two Super Bowls, made a couple million dollars. Uh, so, you know, man, if he thinks it's time, uh, you know, happy for him, uh, Go enjoy life after football, my guy. Great run in 2021. Was was fun to have you back for a couple days. Yeah. I I mean, it was kind of like the shortest run uh, return ever. But, uh, hey, you know what? If, uh, if the body was talking to him again and it was telling him, you know what? It's, it's more than past time. By all means, the the guy doesn't have anything else to prove. He he has two Super Bowl rings. He made his money m- way more than any of us will ever dream to see. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, in, in the end, he he did what he needed to do, and it's unfortunate that we couldn't see a little bit more of him. But uh, you know, ho- hope he enjoys retirement. Yeah, it is what it is. What are you gonna do? Uh... To replace Michelle, the Rams signed veteran running back Royce Freeman. Uh, last played with the Texans last year, ran for 117 yards on 41 carries. That was good for 2.9 uh, yards per carry. The biggest takeaway from the Royce Freeman signing to me is that the Rams are good with who they have. Uh, because there are guys still out there that can play ball. Um, and the Rams chose to get somebody who is, you know, for lack of a better term, just another guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, too, if we were kind of expecting more of a splashy sign, I I think this wasn't the year for it. Um, I I do think that Sean McVay is content with Cam Akers being the starting guy. Uh, There was really no no thought to maybe adding competition for him. And, you know, maybe that's kind of a good thing that, you know, at least for the 2023 season, uh, we know for a fact that it's going to, be kind of the cam Akers show and maybe you'll see some of these younger guys come in and step in and really the addition of freeman is gonna be no different than the addition of sony michelle the only reason why sony michelle was sort of more intriguing is just because of his familiarity with sean mcveigh and his offensive scheme other than that i mean it's kind of like veteran backup you know really not not anything to be overly excited about just having someone 
else being there as sort of like a veteran guidance. I don't know how much you're going to get out of Royce Freeman, but just because he signed doesn't necessarily mean he's guaranteed a spot. So um, just keep in mind that he has to earn a spot. He's not guaranteed to make it if uh, McVay doesn't feel like he's up to snuff. Yeah, I I do not think he's making the team. Uh, I think he bring in a guy, camp body, get him some familiarity with the system in case you have an injury down the road. But uh, I am going to lose my mind if Royce Freeman gets carries over like Zach Evans and Kieran Williams this year, given where the team is at. Uh, That would just be absolutely insane to me. I mean, the jury, the jury is out on Royce Freeman, Johnny. It it really is. And, and it's, I mean, there's definitely some validity to that. It's just, you know, I I imagine that it, Sean McVay wanted to bring in a little bit of veteran because man, this team is just nothing but young players. So I think any way you can kind of sprinkle in some type of veteran leadership, uh, whether or not you want to consider Royce Freeman a veteran leader is up to you. But, um, yeah, I, I guess it couldn't hurt. Maybe if all goes well, he makes the team. Uh, but if not, I guess it's not a huge issue if he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He's a body. They they need some bodies in the room. No no big deal. Uh, other news, we got, we got a couple things to run through here. Akella Witherspoon, uh, if you're not familiar with the name, the cornerback, veteran cornerback the Rams recently signed. If you listen to... Johnny and I's pot after the signing seems like a, you know, guy who's going to be very useful to us if he's healthy, but he's not often healthy. Already has gotten injured, broke his thumb, got surgery, but he's able to practice through it. Um, He's just, I guess, able to play through this broken thumb. Now, Johnny, call me crazy here. Shouldn't he just not practice? You know, I, I thought about that myself, and <laughs> it's August for a guy first. Like, what are we doing? I, I, you know, in a perfect world, you would just kind of wrap him in bubble wrap and just send him out there, but uh, at the same time. This is a guy that is playing, you know, a completely different defensive scheme. So if I had to guess, that's the reason why they're not being overly cautious. If this was a guy that had been with the Rams for the past, I don't know, two or three seasons, I think uh, I think they sit him and they sit him for probably the rest of the offseason. But um, because of his unfamiliarity with this defensive scheme, I could kind of understand why they, you know, trot him out there. But boy, uh, you know, for a guy that's constantly injured, this is not a encouraging sign for the future. Yeah, it's just like you know, you can have he's a vet. You can have him out there learning the playbook, but like, I feel like this is just an an unneeded risk for a guy who is notably made of glass. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, he's fine. More more vets coming up in camp to talk, Johnny. Uh, Tyler Johnson and Marcus Robinson 
the pair of veteran receivers the Rams brought in um, have been impressing in camp. Robinson, especially uh, McVay, talking about him, he said there's been a lot of opportunities where he's kind of been the primary on some of these things, and he's just got a look in his eye. I mean, he's got a good swagger. You can see the way he even just moves around the field. He's got confidence. You like those guys that want the ball. You can feel he's got a nice edge where he's not afraid to go or do anything other than go attack and op- an opportunity to make a play. If it doesn't go his way, he's like, I can wait for the next opportunity. That's the mindset you have to want on, uh, you have on this team as a whole, and I really like what we've seen from DeMarcus. Uh, so encouraging stuff still feels pretty surprising to me if one of these guys didn't make the team. I would definitely bet on DeMarcus. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as we've said, that um, that wide receiver three spot is wide open, and uh, I think McVay is excited about it, and I think these guys are going to make a play for it. I mean, that's that's definitely a good encouraging sign for this receiving core because for this receiving core, they definitely have a lot of holes to fill particularly since Cooper Cup is really your only proven commodity at the moment. So to bring in a guy like Demarcus Robinson and even Tyler Johnson to an extent um, that you're just basically signing them and saying, okay, well, let's hope that they can make the roster. And, you know, if if he actually pans out to a, a pretty good contributor for this team, it's already a huge win, uh, off-season win because, I mean, being honest, this was a guy that, you know, coming into this, uh, you know, training camp, that you weren't entirely sure if this guy is going to even make the roster. So um, the fact that he's playing like someone that could be a huge asset for this uh, offense, you know, that that's definitely uh, an encouraging sign. You know, I, I think it's a little bit too early and a little bit uh, maybe a little bit of hopeful thinking at the moment to expect him to be like the true like number two wide receiver. But is it out of the realm of possibility? Not really. When you consider guys like Van Jefferson still have yet to kind of like, you know, separate themselves from the number two guy. So, um, you know, I hope that he continues to progress and you know, find a spot on this team because, uh, you know, this is this is a, a very young team. And uh, to find a home, you know, in, in L.A. with uh, Matthew Stafford in this offense, I think could be exactly what uh, Demarcus Robinson needed. Yeah, I, I, and he's a guy who's, you know, produced at a level, a certain level everywhere he's been, you know, never like somebody really lighting it up out there, but you know, he, he's played everywhere he's been, you know, he, he's gotten on the field. And so it would not be a surprise here to see him once again, getting snaps uh, and making the team. Uh, the switching to the rookies. Um, there's obviously been a lot of chatter about the rookies in camp. Did you see that? Uh, Puka Nakua has, been competing as a punt returner i did and that uh brings back a lot of memories doesn't it yeah reports are austin Tremel, kieran williams and and xavier smith are the the players 
getting reps at, at punt return. Um, Puka Nakua has never been a punt returner, apparently, at least since, like, high school. So, you know, I'd probably be against that. Um, Xavier Smith was a guy who, uh, undrafted free agent, profiles as a punt returner. Uh, but it remains to be seen if, A, he, he can produce, and B, if they want to keep on a, a specific guy as a punt returner. Um, but Puka's also having a good camp, and uh, I think we kind of expected that and excited to see where that goes. So I, I think with the with Puka Nakua and him being a, a potential guy to be a return specialist wouldn't be necessarily the end of the world because I, I, there's just not a lot that we know what he's going to con- contribute in 2023. He could be a guy that could be, you know, theoretically a number three guy. But if a guy like Demarcus Robinson or even Tyler Johnson, you know, uh, cuts out in front of him, uh, you know, it, there's no reason why you couldn't have him uh, almost, you know, in a more of a reserve role in 2023 and, you know, utilize him as a return specialist. But it also kind of suggests that the Rams are just kind of throwing darts and seeing what sticks at uh, at return specialist. It it's kind of tough to see that because you had you had a guy in Brandon Powell and unfortunately the Rams couldn't bring him back and now it's like kind of back to square run uh, square one using just random guys out there. It's it, it is a little bit concerning for me uh, when it comes to like the return specialists. Yeah, it, it's something that we've never really prioritized, and I feel like it would make sense to prioritize, especially this year where, you know, you, you seemingly have roster spots open. Like, you, you might as well find a, try and find a guy that could be this in the spot long term. Um, other rookies, Kobe Turner in the interior has impressed Aaron Donald. Uh, Donald said he's doing great. He's a smart guy. He understands the schemes. He's working hard so far. I think he's been having a great camp. We get the pads on Monday and we'll see how he does, but he's been doing good so far. I'm confident of him being out there right now, just from the knowledge he's got and picking up the schemes and things like that. And what I've been seeing so far on the film, he looks good. So, you know, it seemed like when they drafted him, it'd be a guy that they thought Aaron Donald really like playing with next to. And it's turned out to be the case. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. It's um, it's certainly an encouraging sign considering that uh, this was sort of um, a boomer bust type of player for a lack of a better term because this was not a highly touted guy. This was a guy with a lot of high upside but um, could very well end up being a bust because of his uh, sort of like – it, it, there's a lot to be concerned about with this guy because the comparison was like a poor man's Aaron Donald. Uh, obviously, it will never be an Aaron Donald, but um, to have like similar traits as an Aaron Donald is alarming because, well, there's never been a player like him. So to sort of put a lot of hope into this guy is is a bit risky. And... Maybe it's not a huge risk being a, a third round pick, but um, 
you know, uh, obviously it, it is a, a pretty big swing for here. And, but if, if, you know, the Rams are able to hit a little bit, uh, not saying him being the next Aaron Donald or anything, but somebody that can be a, a pretty decent con- uh, contributor in 2023, that that's a pretty big hit for the Rams. That's, that's going to be an encouraging sign. Now, this is, again, still very early in training camp. I don't, this could be just Aaron Donald talking up a, a teammate, uh, a young teammate that he hopes can at least be a, uh, somebody that can play really well next to him. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't put too much stock into it just yet. But it is an, a nice, encouraging sign from a future Hall of Famer. I think that's probably best to leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, he's going to play like he, they draft him in the third round. They they don't have money, other options like I, I don't I don't really see why he wouldn't play. Um, so it's, it's exciting. You know, it's, this is all, you know, it's camp speak. Uh, take everything you hear out of camp with a grain of salt. But uh, it's 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 encouraging, at least. Uh, anyone else you've heard anything about uh, in, in camp here before we move on to the, the schedule preview? Um, not, not a whole lot more. Uh, I did hear a little bit about, uh, uh, Hodges Tomlinson being, uh, someone that has been pretty fearless going out and, uh, attacking some of the the receivers, which is, which is great because for a guy that's as small as he is, if he continues to play much bigger than he actually is, that's a, that's kind of exactly what the Rams are hoping to get out of him. Um, maybe it's a lot to expect him to be like a really big contributor in 2023, but the Rams may not have a choice. So um, the fact that he's kind of going in fearlessly into camp, that's, that's awesome. That's a good sign. And hopefully that's a sign that uh, this guy could be a future uh, starter for the Rams. Yeah. You know, it's our guy. Um, another spot on the roster where definitely opportunities for snaps. So uh, I'm really excited to hear good things about him. And I'm a guy I'm really excited to see playing the preseason. Uh, I, I can't wait to see what he brings. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll get to the end of our schedule preview. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. All right, so we are looking at the last four games of the Rams schedule here, weeks 15 through 18 um, would encourage you guys to check out the previous three pods we've done. If you want to hear the first three parts of this after week 14, I have the Rams four and nine. You have them three and 10 um, week 15. We play at home against the commanders, uh, the Washington commanders. If you don't remember what the name of the Washington football team is currently, they went Eight, eight and one last season. Uh, they barely missed the playoffs. Uh, they they were seven and five, and then had a little late season collapse. Went one three and one in their last five games. Ultimately missed the playoffs as a result. Um, 
the Rams started the season, or not the Rams, the the Commanders. Um, do you remember what they traded for Carson Wentz? I forgot to look this up. Uh, I remember it was like a ridiculous package of like third round, like a third round pick or something. I think they swapped second round picks um, and gave up a third round pick to get him. Uh, yeah. Which <laughs> I, I guess it's not, not too much. You know, it, it's not a ton to, to risk getting a franchise guy in. Guess what? He was not a franchise guy. He went two and five as a starter for the commanders. He got hurt. Taylor Heineke took over, went on a five and one run. Uh, really went on an absolute tear in terms of just winning games before uh, losing steam at the end of the season. He got injured before the, you know, the, really the must win game against Cleveland. Wentz took over, lost, got benched, and. In week 18, they played tw- uh, a fifth-round rookie, Sam Howe, out of North Carolina, who went 11 of 19 for 169 yards, one touchdown, and an interception uh, in a stellar win against the Cowboys in his defense. And yet, somehow, this was enough for Washington to go, you know what? We don't need to bring in a real quarterback in 2023. We're going to sign Jacoby Brissett to back up our guy Sam Howell. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about the decision to roll with Sam Howell as the Commanders' quarterback in twenty twenty three? It's just been such a bizarre carousel of quarterbacks in Washington. It's like at this point, it just just get somebody that can throw the ball, and, and that's exactly what they did. They they got Sam Howell. He can throw the ball, maybe not as efficiently as some other quarterbacks that they've had in the past. But yeah, I suppose he can throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I it, It's just so bizarre because they don't seem to have like a, a, like an urgency to get a franchise quarterback, which is actually kind of, weird considering that I do think that they have some pieces there to you know possibly make uh some noise in 2023 but if you put no emphasis into not only the future of this team but into the foundation of this team what do you exactly have so it's kind of weird because you see a team like the Rams and you know based on you know, Steve and I's predictions, obviously we don't have a lot of faith in 2023, but the Rams at least have a notable foundation for the future with certain players. You really can't say the same for, for the Commanders because while they do have some interesting pieces, they don't really have a recipe for success here. It, it just seems to be the same story year in and year out for them where they may have a team that could be competitive, but it either A, loses steam at the end of the season and they just kind of fizzle out, or B, they just kind of abandon hope. And it's like, I I feel for this uh, fan base too, because it is one of the most loyal fan bases in all of sports, and yet they're the 
Commanders. Yeah, Dan Snyder is gone. They can't use him as an excuse anymore. Uh, it, nope. it's, it's truly just one of the most bizarre uh, managements of a, of a football franchise I've ever seen. This is um, 2020, Rivera's first year. They, they entered the season with um, Dwayne Haskins, who, who obviously unfortunately passed away recently. Um, and that did not work out for them uh, on the field. They ended up moving on from Haskins after the season. Uh, might, they might have moved on from during the season. Uh, I don't remember exactly. But since that season, that was that was Rivera's first year. Um, year two, they start the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, who gets hurt <laughs> in the first game, and Heineke plays for most of the season. Um, in, in In year three, they start the season with Carson Wentz, who, uh, you know, after the Indianapolis run, like, we we had a pretty good feeling he wasn't the guy anymore. Um, and you, you can take a shot on him if you want, if you're Washington. Like, I, I, I get it. I get why they did that. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's the end of the world that they gave him a shot last year and it didn't work out. Um, again, Heineke wins you some football games. And, like, I don't think Heineke is, you know, he's not the guy either. But the decision to really go into a third straight season without a real quarterback is just so bizarre. Uh, For a team that under Rivera has, you know, they haven't won less than seven games. So it's, this is a team that's been competitive. And and I don't think they're going to be bad enough to... Um, get a high pick and pick a quarterback. Their defense was really good last year. They brought back most of their team. Um, they have a lot of good players on offense. Uh, I love Jahan Dotson. I think he's going to be a stud. Terry McLaurin pretty much already is. Uh, they have some running backs that can play, and it's just like you're rocking with Sam Howell. Like, wh- when when did he reveal to you that he was this guy? Because if you really thought that. Why didn't you play him over Taylor Heineke, who um, I don't know what more you would have wanted from him last year to kind of prove that he deserves a shot more than Sam Howell. I'm not saying that they should have played Taylor Heineke in 2023. I'm more saying, like, like, this is the third straight year they're doing this. And I think, like, if Howell doesn't work out, I, 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 and it, but the team still goes like seven and ten, eight and nine again. I don't really know what you do, and like, I, I don't think this is gonna work out. I don't. This is just so random. This is a random quarterback to start your season with. I, I think that the uh, direction ultimately for the Commanders is that um, they're gonna end up having to you know, draft another franchise quarterback, uh, which, I mean, it sucks when it happens, but they it, it's really difficult to bring in a true veteran quarterback that can, you know, lead your team to success. It, it almost never happens. So it, it's almost imperative for them to do that, which is why it's kind of bizarre that the commander's didn't really even remotely seem interested in bringing in a, a quarterback to maybe even compete with Howell. It, it, it's it's weird. It's really weird. And 
good luck to them and good luck to the fans because I think they're going to need it. It's going to be a frustrating season for them. Yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, you, you bring in Jacoby Brissett, who is, you know, he, he's the guy you want as your backup. Like, but he's never the guy you want really as your starter. Um, and I, I don't think it would be surprising if he is a starter for the majority of the season. Because how, if the team isn't bad, how long of a leash do you give Howell? Um, like, like, I don't know. No, he, he for sure, Brissett is going to be your, your starter at some point. Uh, it's just going to be whether or not uh, they're going to trot out Howell for a long period of time or not. They may even, you know, uh, see him during training camp and say, you know what, um, Brissett's ready right now. Maybe somewhere down the line we'll try Howell. Yeah, and, I mean, Atlanta's doing a similar thing, but um... – you know, the, last year the, they they gave Marcus Mariota a chance; it didn't work out. Um, and Desmond Ritter, who they're going with, is was a high third round pick, so it's not as wild as Washington doing this for a third straight year. And I think like you put a good quarterback on Washington, I think they're very much a, a playoff team. Uh, I don't think Atlanta is, and so I think it it makes more sense for them to just give Ritter a shot. But this is just, I, I don't know what the fuck they're, they're doing, man. Uh, and despite all of this, they still sold for $6 billion uh, to the trader, Josh Harris. So it's, <laughs> it's weird. Like I, this is a team that could be good. If Sam Howell works out, I, I don't really think he's going to, and I don't think they're going to be good. <laughs> No, I I, um, I do think that they'll basically be like what they have been the past, what, three to four years, uh, a team that can be very competitive, but ultimately becomes a disappointment and doesn't make the playoffs. It, 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 they're, they're basically just like the Jeff Fisher Rams by choice. Yes. Like, yes, like, that is a good example. Like they're, they're not even trying uh really to shake things up with a quarterback right now. You know, at least the Fisher Rams, we we could just blame Sam Bradford's body for a lot for a lot of those problems. That's kind of <laughs> sad, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I you know, you've been a little harsher prediction-wise on this podcast than me. This is a home game against a team we just spent 10 minutes shitting on. Give me your prediction on who's going to win this game. I think by this point of the season, it you know, depending on who they end up announcing as the starter at the beginning of the season, you're going to see the reverse. <laughs> um, and and they may even just trot out Howell out there just because maybe Brissett doesn't end up working out either. I mean, let's face it, there's a reason why he's not really considered a starting NFL quarterback in this league. Uh, in the end, I feel like... Um, no matter if it's Brissett or Hal, that it's going to be a struggle for them offensively uh, because I don't, I don't think they have the right quarterback there to make this offense a success. And while I don't have even the slightest confidence in this Rams defense, you, you still can't uh, you know discount this Rams if you have a healthy Aaron Donald out there. So that being said, I'm going to give the Rams the victory here. I think the Rams end up winning 28 to 16. 
I got the Rams 17 to 10 um, because I agree. I I think, like, if, if they start the season being bad and Sam Howe is bad, I honestly think they might just play him the whole year because then you're, like, kind of stealth tanking. Uh, I think I think Howell's definitely going to start week one. Um, just, it'd be weird to commit to him this hard and then just start Brissett. But if how will play if they're winning and he's like in spite of him, uh, which we have seen before. I I don't remember the quarterback. Um, like there was a case of this recently where a quarterback was playing really bad, but the team kept winning and they benched him. I don't remember who it was or what team it was. But I remember this this thing happening. Mm, well, who was that? I I I I don't remember. Um, maybe I'll I'll try and do a vague Google after this. So that's five and nine for me after this game. Four and ten for you for the Rams. Week sixteen, our buddies in New Orleans, the Saints. Johnny, I think I'm realizing that I hate Sean Payton more than I hate the Saints. That that's entirely possible. <laughs> I don't have that this... and Jared Cook. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers this week, uh, and all the shit he's talking about Sean Payton, uh, who broke the coach's code, as they say, by just shitting on Nathaniel Hackett, um, who coached the Broncos last year and is now the Jets offensive coordinator. But you know what? It's 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 about the Saints. It's not about Payton it's, it, right now. The Saints when. 7-10 and ten last year. Uh, Andy Dalton was a starting quarterback the majority of the year. Um, somehow kept the job after Jameis Winston was healthy, which I don't really get. Um, they did have some losses on, on defense. Marcus Davenport on the edge was the biggest one. But the story of their offseason now, Johnny, this is a team that went 17-10 and 10 with really questionable quarterback play. Uh, similar to, to Washington, and, and you're not going to believe what they did. They signed a quarterback. They signed Derek Carr to a four-year, under $50 million deal. Um, I think this is too much for Carr, but if you really read the fine print, uh, they can get out of the contract after 2024 and eat $17 million in dead cap, um, or after 2025 and eat $11.4 So it's... You're not super tied to him beyond 2024, and I think if it doesn't work out, you can move on with not too much blood on your hands in terms of dead cap. I don't know how you feel about Derek Carr. I mean, we've talked about him over the years. Like, I think he's in like the epitome. Uh, I feel like we used to say like Andy Dalton, like they they called it the Dalton line of like that's an average starting quarterback in the NFL. And I feel like Derek Carr has kind of taken on that mantle now. Um, like, like, like you know, he's not bad, but is like, how good is he? Um, and so, I don't think it's a bad decision by the Saints if you, if you don't want to go young. Um, if you think you can compete, I mean, they're the favorites in this division, uh, which is just pathological how bad this division is. Uh, they're plus three fit or thirty five hundred to win the Super Bowl. They, how how'd you feel about the move? I I think it was a solid move, even though I don't know if it's going to work out. I think if Washington did this, I would be saying the same thing, but they didn't. <laughs> uh, you know, 
I I feel like I'd rather see Derek Carr out there than Taysom Hill. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I, am I a huge believer in Derek Carr? Not really. Um, but is he like the worst quarterback to have out there? No. And there's quite a few other quarterbacks that I would absolutely. You know, if I if I'm that team, I'm be stoked to have Derek Carr. <laughs> if I'm the Commanders, and it's a choice between Sam Howell and and Derek Carr, I'd be elated to have Derek Carr. You know, it's hilarious, um, Johnny. Too week one, he is pretty easily the best quarterback in that division. <laughs> unless, unless, yeah. uh, unless uh, Bryce Young really comes out of the gate hot. I mean that's that's fair. Also, I mean, it, <laughs> we we don't know exactly quite yet if Bryce Young's you know NFL ready week one, but uh, obviously there's a lot of potential in him. But Derek Carr, you know, he's he's a fine quarterback. He's definitely not going to wow anyone if you uh, compare him with you know some of the other greats in the league. But um, you know, I, I think he's definitely been one of the better quarterbacks that the Saints have had since Drew Brees. So that says a lot right there. Um, what I will say is as much as I don't really care for for Derek Carr as like a quarterback for a franchise future, um, I do think he is a, a, a nice band-aid. Um, for lack of a better word. Um, but overall, I, I I don't think that the Saints offense is really that big of a, a problem for them because I think uh, there's, a, there's a few guys there that you you gotta you can't help but be a little bit confident about. you know, the Chris Alaves of the world, you know, um, I think there's uh, quite a few guys that haven't even really kind of scratched the surface of their career yet. You know, guys like uh, the Juwan Johnsons. Um, I I feel like we always bring this guy up whenever we play against the Saints, but if Michael Thomas could return to form, that's... Yeah, I, that's I was going to say that. I, if he's yeah. healthy, man, like if, if he's out there... Uh, you meant you know he's not gonna be the one because Olave is is a monster. He's gonna be the guy. And then you mentioned Juan Johnson, and I mean their backfield. If we'll see how long the Camara suspension is, but even if he's out, you still you stay signed Jamal Williams who can play. Uh, they drafted Kendry Miller who people are really high on. Uh, it's probably gonna be really like a, a, a kind of a three headed monster out of the backfield whenever Camara gets back. And like if you have Thomas out there. Uh, this is a really, really talented offensive group. And, you know, Carr is good enough to, to make them hum a little bit. Um, and if the defense can be decent, I mean, there, there's no – I don't think they're going to be, like, that good. Um, and obviously, out of principle, I'm not going to pick them in this game, even though they prop, they might win this game, more than likely. Uh, but <laughs> this – I mean, they, they should – really unless Bryce Young is like has a really incredible rookie year the Saints kind of should run away with this division at like nine and eight <laughs> yeah it, it's it's really difficult to um 
<laughs> it's really difficult to say that the Rams are going to come away with the victory here uh, just because there is a lot of potential. But then at the same time, the Saints aren't exactly, in my opinion, like a, a – I, I think they'll squeak their way to the playoffs, especially looking at their division. Yeah. I mean, if the Rams were in that division, we would be talking ourselves into it. Yes, I, I think that's fair. <laughs> the, the Saints are a better team. I'm picking the Rams here. I'll say 23-17 out of personal pettiness. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it, they the Saints shouldn't be – they should be a team that wins the division pretty easily and gets trounced by whoever the fifth seed is. And, and you know, that's fair. That's That's fair. And – this is this is not actually an easy game to predict because there it would not be the biggest shock in the world if the Rams won this football game. In fact, I I'm really curious what the Vegas line for this is because if if it if it's heavily in the Saints' favor, I I may I may have to bet on this game because it's not it's not a you know, sure thing that the Saints win this game at all. That being said, I'm going to still say that the Saints win this game. Uh, yeah, sadly, I'm going to say the Saints win. I'm going to say 23 to 13. I, I will say there is a non-zero chance, albeit unlikely, that like either this game is two teams fighting for the playoffs or two teams furiously tanking to the bottom of the standings. Uh, I I think it's more likely that the Saints are in the mix and we're not, but if they start out bad, like, I don't know, man. You're not going to lose sleep if you just pay Carson money to be a transitional quarterback next year uh, if you're bad and, and draft somebody. I mean, that could be our reality if things go south this year. Stafford is paid a lot of money to transition. I mean, there are a lot of fans out there, uh, you know, basically begging the Rams to tank for Caleb Williams. So we'll see. You know, it, it, it's a good for a bad team. We're in a good spot because if if they do end up being good, you know, you can you'll have money and draft capital to continue to improve on what went well. Um, and if they're bad, they're bad, and we get a stud first round pick that we have not been able to do in a very long time since since Jared Goff. Considering it's not traded away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, if they're good, it might be. But uh, if they're bad, I, I don't see it. I, I I have to throw that in there because uh, there was a very real possibility that um, this draft pick is traded away last year for Brian Burns. So. Hey, dude. And Matt, like, I just imagine a world where the Christian McCaffrey trade happened and we got him. <laughs> like, dude, we would have had no picks. <laughs> yeah, we'd have a really good running back, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the outlook for this year w- would change, I think. And I think, I think what they, like, I don't know if, do they trade Jalen Ramsey if that trade happened? Probably not, right? Like what's what's the point? Um, so yeah, it's a weird alternate reality. 
that really almost happened, which is which is crazy. Brian Burns, uh, I think we'd just be, you know, uh, he's a great player, but we'd probably just be a little depressed that we were looking into a potentially bad season uh, and wouldn't have those picks. I wonder too if if the Burns trade went through, do they do they still keep trade Ramsey? Like again, I don't know. Probably not. It's like I can understand the temptation though, because how badass would that be to see uh, Brian Burns play alongside? Aaron Donald. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think if you have those two, you don't trade Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey, unfortunately, by the way, obviously got injured. Um, so hope for a speedy recovery to him. But, like, yeah, then then you have those three guys on defense. You could talk yourself into the team being good. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird sliding doors. Um, I think we're in the most, you know, entertaining version of a 2023 Rams team, but who knows? Um, week 17, we are traveling to New York, Johnny, to play the Giants. I'm furious because this game is A, on my birthday, New Year's Eve, and <laughs> in New York, and I will be in Buffalo for a wedding, so I will not be going to this. Um, I always see the, Ram- the Rams play the Giants when they're here, so, you know, Poor, scheduling gods, you did me dirty here. Uh, I've been nothing but loyal with my dollars buying these tickets to this one game that happens every couple of years. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bit of bad luck there, man. Uh, the Giants, I would say, you know, arguably, well, I guess the Seahawks would be a bigger. Yeah, I don't know. One of the biggest surprises of twenty twenty three, maybe the biggest. Uh, they went nine seven and one. Started out six and one, and then really just lost a lot of games down the stretch. Finished the season three six and one. Uh, once their schedule got a little higher, harder. I mean, didn't matter though because round one they beat the Vikings, who had a much better record um, as a six seed, playing a three seed before getting you know trounced by the Eagles in round two as expected. The, their story of this season was, you know, a Saquon ba- Barkley bounce back year and a career year for Daniel Jones um, through for 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns and only five interceptions. Um, he added 700 yards on the ground, which is crazy. Uh, seven touchdowns rushing. He only fumbled six times. I think they lost two of them. But as a rookie, he fumbled 19 times, period. So. Uh, a guy who's clearly made strides. Um, still, you know, I think it, the, we don't really have a full verdict on if long term he can be the guy that can lead them, you know, into a deep playoff run. But he netted a four year, one hundred sixty million dollar deal right at the franchise tag deadline. Now, I, you know, is that going to end up being an overpay for Daniel Jones at forty million a year? The odds of that are, you know, decent, but you have to you have to make this deal, right? It, it, you you really don't have much of another choice. Kind of the same, well, somewhat similar situation that the commanders are in. You you have the commanders as as a an example of what you can potentially be if you don't, you know, bring back Daniel Jones. Not exactly a comforting picture there. So, 
you could theoretically try and bring in a veteran quarterback. Good luck to you. Doesn't always happen. Or you could maybe try and find a steal of the draft. Good luck to you. That never happens usually. So, yeah. Um, your basic only option is overpaying Daniel Jones. And it, it doesn't sound comforting, but you kind of don't have a choice. It's either that or or really, you know, roll the dice and hope you don't, uh, you know, lose all your money. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I think we – I don't know if we talked about this before last season, but, like, I was very confused as to why they brought him back for a fourth year. Um, I don't know how you felt about that. But, you know, you bring him back for another year as your full-time starter after investing three years to develop him. You finally get the results you want. And then, like, you don't immediately give him that long-term extension. It was kind of crazy how it came down to the wire. It's like, this is the result you wanted, right? Was for Daniel Jones to take a, a leap, and he did. You know, why wouldn't you pay him? You know, I he he finally took a stride as a quarterback. Um, you got to give him that money. At the same time, why wouldn't you pay Saquon? It's insane to me, dude. And you know what has been driving me crazy is... Uh, so obviously Saquon's on the franchise tag. He held out um, because he wanted a long-term deal. What they ended up doing was restructuring the the franchise tag to like give him a bigger signing bonus up front, and it added like I think it was like nine hundred k to his salary, which is obviously a lot of money to us sitting here, but like. When he's already, he went from making like ten point one million to eleven million, and it's like the reactions from NFL reporters on Twitter were like, "What an incredible move by the Giants to really make this happen uh, to give Saquon something that benefits him and that also benefits the team and get him in the building." And I'm sitting here like, "Bro, they didn't fucking do anything. They gave him like ten percent more, if that." It's like. You could really tell what reporters were in the pocket of either agents or teams or both by how, like, all the big talking heads were talking about this. Like, it was such a great move by the Giants and by the agents coming together. made this happen. It's like, bro, nobody fucking did anything. They barely gave him more money. Like, all that means is that he was going to come to camp no matter what. And they gave him as much more money as they could, which wasn't that much. Like it, 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 nobody should be applauding this. Like they should have paid him. I think there's a lot of reasons to talk about why running back shouldn't get paid. There's a lot of warranted, um, reasoning from front offices to not pay running backs, but there's a certain tier of guys that should get paid. And he's definitely one of them. You're not wrong, and and the funny thing is, what actually happened was that Saquon really made things a lot more difficult for running backs like Josh Jacobs to actually get paid. And uh, honestly, if I'm a if I'm a running back trying to get paid, whether it be Josh Jacobs, any of these guys that are that are you know their contracts about to expire, I'm pissed at Saquon for 
basically just taking, you know, <laughs> bare minimum for, you know, all that he's kind of accomplished with this team. There's no question that the Giants are a much better team offensively with Saquon in their lineup. So the fact that he just gets 900K extra is kind of sad, you know? Um, and, and if I'm, if I'm running back, if I'm a talented running back about to, uh, you know, my contract's about to expire, I'm, a, I'm asking for top dollar because it, it's, it's beyond sad at this point. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like, yeah, it's Jacobs is probably not going to get paid. He was the leading rusher last year. Uh, he's holding out. They're not going to extend as he him should. as he should. Yeah. I, it's, it's weird, man. And like the the franchise tag, I think is is a dumb thing, and I don't really understand why it exists. No one does really. It's really just like a stupid thing. Um, and I hope they get rid of it at some point. It's just it's just holding guys back. Uh, because these teams, it, like if Saquon has a great year, they could just franchise him again. Yep. You could do it with Jacobs. <laughs> yeah, they can. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, it's 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 honestly crazy. Um, but Saquon is there; he's on the team. Um, Vegas has him plus four thousand to win the Super Bowl, which is lower than the Saints, lower than the Cleveland Browns, uh, plus seven hundred to win the division. Which I mean, I get the long shot division odds um, because of who's in the division. They're the worst. Their their odds to come out of the NFC are worse than the Seahawks, Saints, and Lions. They're more or less the same team than last year. Like it seems like they're being written off as a as a flash in the pan. And I don't think you know they're going to be. I don't really view them as a big contender, but I do feel like we're sleeping on them a little bit. Like I think they're going to be good. No, I absolutely think that they're being slept on. And maybe I'm not as high on them as some others are. Like, I, I see a lot of ridiculous predictions when it comes to them. Like, this, I, I've seen predictions where this, uh, the Giants are going to be like NFC champion uh, contenders. I don't know if I'd go that far, but them, you know, making the playoffs and, you know, maybe uh, being competitive. Sure, I, I can see that. Uh, I can definitely see them, you know, having a, a decent record and um, certainly a, a team to look out for. But um, do I think that they're going to be like challenging teams like the Eagles or the 49ers? Uh, I have a question mark there. Well, if if Jones can take another step, um, which you know, I don't I, I don't know if I'd bet on it, but he did. I wouldn't have bet on him being good last year, and he was. Uh, this is the op- you know they traded for Darren Waller, which we forgot to mention. Um, they have Saquon, and like they don't really have a, a one receiver, but Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins. They drafted Jalen Hyatt, uh, Wondell Robinson. I love if he's healthy. Uh, apparently, Jamison Crowder and Cole Beasley are on the roster right now. They they don't have like an elite number one guy in the receiving core, but they have a lot of guys who are good at football. I think, um, you know, I think any of the, like a lot of those guys would, would play on our team. Um, and 
And so, like, this offense should be really good if Jones can take another step forward, even if it's not a huge step. Uh, there's just a lot of talent there. I mean, Saquon is arguably one of the best offensive players in the league. Uh, Darren Waller is one of the better tight ends. They should be good. I, I think they're going to be good. I think there's a decent chance that they are the team that gets the fifth seed and trounces the Saints in the first round of the playoffs that I just mentioned. And prediction-wise, I think they're going to beat us 26-13. to 13. Yeah, I, I I really don't see the Rams winning this football game, considering you have a healthy Giants team. Um, I, I see the Giants winning this game uh, 27 to uh, 18. All right. Week 18 at San Francisco. Man, I don't know if I want to talk about the 49ers again. Did we miss anything last time? Not really. We kind of went overboard last time. Uh, yeah, they're good. No matter who's playing quarterback here, I think they'll still be good. Um, I think I think they're going to win. I don't, I don't even have a number. I'm just going to say they're going to win. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say that the 49ers are going to end up with the victory here. I'll just throw a random number out there, 31 to uh, 20. So, you have the Rams going four and thirteen, I believe. Or, yeah, right, because you had them at yeah, three wins four. before this podcast. Yeah, I have them going six and eleven. Uh, so <laughs> you are setting. Caleb Williams, your, here we come. You are setting. Yeah, do you think so? You think if they go four and thir- let's say they go four and thirteen in Stafford. Um, is not the problem in any way, shape, or form. You think they're going Caleb? You think they're going to, or just going quarterback, period? Okay, so let's say that <clears throat> they end up 4 and 13. They um, have access to Caleb Williams. Uh, yeah, I do think that the Rams end up picking Caleb Williams, even if Stafford, um, you know, is looking pretty sharp out there. The the reality is Stafford is on borrowed time. Even if Stafford has a as a pretty good season, I I think maximum you have like you know two or three years left in this guy at best, and this is considering he doesn't retire before then. You know, uh, right now he he might tell you that he has no plans on retiring soon, but that could change in an instant. You know. Uh, I mean, look what happened with Sony Michelle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last season, four and thirteen would get you the third overall pick. So it's so we would definitely not have Caleb Williams in that case. No, and but the first pick was three and fourteen, so it'd be possible you could get the first pick at four and thirteen. I don't know if it's likely. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but more than likely in this case, we'll probably it considering if, if the Rams have the number three overall pick, they would have to hope and pray that they have a shot at Drake may, uh, who's, a uh, 
quarterback out of uh, North Carolina. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta factor in um, the Cardinals if they get the first pick, probably not taking a quarterback, right? The Colts if they get the first pick, probably not taking a quarterback unless Richardson is just a, a train wreck. Um, the Bucks would take a quarterback. Washington, Atlanta would take a quarterback. Um, if Green Bay is in the gutter, they're taking a quarterback. If Tennessee's in the gutter, they're probably taking a quarterback. Um, Chicago could be bad. Carolina could be bad. They wouldn't take a quarterback. Um, the Raiders, if they're in the gutter, they're taking a quarterback. It's yeah, it's interesting. Um, if we're not the worst team in the league, we'd be rooting for Arizona or Indianapolis, right? Because those are really the only two teams out of like the obvious candidates to be bad and for the record Arizona has Houston's pick um so yeah like the obvious candidates to be bad most of them would take a quarterback I honestly think that if Arizona is so bad that the number one overall pick that they trade away you know Murray and end up drafting Williams that's interesting too. That's interesting too, but I don't know. Um, I could also see them trading the pick for a, for a ransom. Um, to put oh yeah, some talent that's a possibility. Williams. Also, yeah. I think it'd be more likely, but um, just because of Murray's health, you know, he he's probably if if they're bad, it's not going to be because of him. I would say. Yeah, I guess I'm. Look at me being optimistic. Six and eleven. I feel like like if I had to bet on the record, that's probably what I would bet. That be that like what what's their uh, what's their over under? I'm gonna look at it real quick. What do you think it is? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Trying to pull it up on Caesars quick. Give, give me what well, you you guess four. What do you think? Uh, I do I do think? think that there are a lot of team, a lot of people out there that feel like the Rams are just not going to be very good this season. So yeah, I think I think uh, five five and twelve and six and eleven are are good are good takeaways there. Uh, I'm scrolling through the Caesars. Free promo. You know, I really should be charging for that. It's six and a half. Interesting. Looks wow. like you weren't too far off, Steve. Yeah, I know. I thought it'd be five and a half. Um, six and a half. Damn. So, yeah. So, I, I would obviously be taking the under. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah, that's it's kind of high. I can't believe I'm saying that's high. But uh, I felt like I was being a little too optimistic. I mean, really... You know, my honest prediction would have probably been five and twelve, but I'm not picking the fucking Saints. So, <laughs> absolutely not. All right. Well, you know, camp is underway. It's a long pod. We'll be talking what we want to see in the first preseason game next week. We finally made it, Johnny. The Hall of Fame games this week. The next time we talk football, will officially. Be back in our lives. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.